Hello, welcome to episode number four of the Disney Hipster Podcast, a show critiquing the aesthetic choices of the Disney company. My name is Adam, and I write for the Disney Hipster blog. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Andrew. Hello there. On today's show, we're going to be discussing the aesthetic differences of Adventureland in both Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom in Florida. Before we jump into today's main topic, we're going to do a top five news roundup. Top five pieces of news this week. Which one will you choose? It's a top five pieces of news this week, and the other four might lose. In top five news roundup, I'm going to be picking five prevalent pieces of news from the Disney company and whoever's on the show, be it me or Adam or a guest, will pick one of those top five pieces of news that we think actually matter in the company. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for today's top five news roundup, here are the five that we can choose from. The opening of the Casey Jr. Splash and Soak play area at the Magic Kingdom. The Angelina Jolie Maleficent production picture that showed up online. Agent P's World Showcase Adventure, soft opening in Epcot. The teaser trailer for Monsters University from Pixar. And then finally, the second Dumbo Spinner testing over at the Magic Kingdom. Adam, which of those do you think actually matters? Um, I'd probably say the most important piece of news is the Agent P soft opening. Okay. Um, Why more so than the others? I guess because it's, it's sort of a more broad attraction and a, and a good update to it already what was a good attraction mm -hmm. in the Kim Possible. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they've, from what I've seen, I've been trying to avoid it, but they've added some new features and props and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, it looks, it looks good. I, I mean, I, it's getting some, uh, some backlash, I think, a little bit. They, a lot of people think the Imagineers were kind of being lazy, but the fact of the matter is that Kim Possible hasn't been on the air in years, you know, hardly at all. I don't think at all since that attraction opened and uh, Phineas and Ferb, you know, is getting more and more popular and not only with kids, but with grownups as well. And this show is just amazing and I can't wait for it to open. Yeah. And I mean, it's just more relevant. Really. Yeah. Um, well, you kind of took mine, but I'm going to choose a different one because, uh, yeah, because there's not much to choose from. I'm going to have to pick the opening of the Casey Jr. Splash and Soak play area at the Magic Kingdom. Not because it's going to affect me or my touring in the Magic Kingdom at all, but because it looks stinking awesome. It really does. It The design of this thing is great. And I think anything that draws kids away from riding on attractions, especially in Fantasyland, is a good thing. And it adds a lot to the atmosphere of the area. Yeah. And it's something, I mean, it's just something generally it needed. Yeah. Because, I mean, Florida is hot. Yeah and it gives kids something to do. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't look crappy. Like if we all remember the other play areas, like the Dumbo boat, uh, Dumbo, Donald, <laughs> Donald boat, and all that kind of stuff. And that Donald boat never worked. I don't remember ever seeing water in that thing. It was just a boat. Yeah, but even if it had. Yeah, even if it did. It just wasn't, it was just that kind of like fiberglass, hollow, right. puffy, whatever, Toontown stuff. This yeah. thing looks just amazing. Yeah, I think it looks great. I like the uh, camels spitting and the monkeys and I love that the, the, the elephants, the elephant's face peeking out from behind the like sculpted curtain. It just looks terrific. And the fake wood on the sides, it's just great. The only thing I was wondering is if, you, if you've seen the pictures of it, there's like a metal 
railing around, around the, the train front, park. right? Weird, right? It seems like they built it, then tested it a little bit, and then decided there was some safety concern. I wonder what that's about. I noticed that too. That's the first thing I noticed. Yeah, because it seems like with the, the front part that you should, the engine, that you should be able to go inside of it. Yeah, it just seems weird. Yeah. Yeah, at least they're not uh, blocking it off with, like, with uh, Tigger's jumpy area, which is yeah. good. Anyway, so that's our top five news roundup. When you first enter either the Magic Kingdom or Disneyland, directly to your left after coming off of Main Street USA is Adventureland, one of my favorite parts of either park for sure. And it just happens to be one of the areas that it actually gets right in both parks mm -hmm. in atmosphere and music and everything. It just is a terrific area. But on today's show, we kind of wanted to discuss the uh, aesthetic differences between the two, which you know, they are very similar, but at the same time, different in different ways. Hmm. Okay. Uh, sort of the main thing that you notice when you're turning left off of Main Street is that Adventureland sign. Well, you notice it in Magic Kingdom. I feel like you notice it less in Disneyland. Well, I think it's, I think it's definitely more grandiose in Disney World, for mm -hmm. sure. It has a, that beautiful sign, but... It also has those spears jutting out. Um, it looks more menacing, I think, mm -hmm. than at Disneyland. Disneyland is so smushed up against their, I don't even, oh, it's right next to the Jolly Holiday and their tiki birds, and it's so kind of enclosed. Well, you, you make that, in Disneyland, you make like kind of a sharp turn into it. Right. So in one yeah. way, it's really hidden, which is nice, oh. which is, I think, what the um, curved arch of our, our Adventureland bridge used to do. Yeah. Um, could have hides it, but... Well, there's the no walking. Time, there's yeah. no walking involved at Disneyland. It's literally, you're in the Jolly Holiday, even in Matterhorn Macaroon, and then you're in Adventureland. There's no walking involved at all. Exactly. You know, there's... There, I, I am uh, wary to say, even if there is a bridge, I think it's just... Well, you go over, like, a little bridge, I think, with water, but that's not even part of the, the entrance sign. Yeah. The sign itself is connected to the Tiki... Yes. Hut, or the yes. tiki, whatever the where the doors are. Yeah. So it's exactly. it's connected to that, and it's more of like um, it's written. The Adventureland is written in bamboo, and it's a lot simpler, and it's definitely more Polynesian themed. Yeah. But it just looks more like homemade and kind of 1950s, hokey poly kind of thing going right. on. Right. And the um. It doesn't look terribly modern. The sign at the Magic Kingdom, which I adore, adore. absolutely adore, has a. Skulls on it, which, skulls. which I just think is totally amazing. Uh -huh. And then spears jutting out of it. Again, there's a bridge, but the entrance into Adventureland at the Magic Kingdom starts even beyond that, mm -hmm. you know, because you have the Crystal Palace right there, which weirdly enough connects the two themes in the weirdest possible it really way. Does. You could move, if you moved it over and dropped it a little bit into Adventureland, it would uh -huh. fit right. I, I agree. I think it's but just it's sort of. 1930s. Not no, not even thirty. That's even before that. That's it's Victorian. Yeah. At but, the same time, the giant glass house is Victorian, but you can you can connect the two themes of exploration and Victorian times. I don't know. It's sort of the colonization of Africa. You can yeah. totally connect to Victorian times, which I think is amazing. And the fact that they actually thought about those two things, uh -huh. you know, like how is this Main Street restaurant going to connect to Adventureland? And it does. It works so well. And then even. Before you cross over that bridge, the plant life starts to change, oh. which I think is 
tremendous. My favorite place to eat a dollop is actually on right on the outside of Adventureland. Uh, or on that little planter. That yeah, there's, planter with there's the a planter with palm trees to where you kind of are in uh, the hub, but still kind of an adventure, and you can still hear that Adventureland uh, music, which I love. Yeah. That's my favorite place to eat a dole whip. I also love, I mean, we were just talking about the sign, but the sign, it's the Adventureland font is really, really great. Mm -hmm. And it's painted on what's supposed to look like stretched leather, I think. Yeah. Isn't that terrific? Which is just great. Yeah. Because it could totally be like stretched human leather. I think, the, I think this land <laughs> like, like really epitomizes Disney in a lot of different ways. It falls into one of the main tropes of the Disney company, specifically when Walt was around. Uh -huh. You know, it has that, um, I feel like we're going beyond the sign right now, but that's okay. It has sort of uh, that tiki feel throughout the entire thing, even though the tiki birds didn't open until several years after, hmm. you know, Adventureland did. We still have the Jungle Cruise and everything, but uh, tiki culture was sort of culminating at that time when Disneyland was being developed, which is really neat, especially in California where there was like a Trader, what is it, Trader Vic's and uh, the uh, the Don the Beachcomber restaurants, the tiki restaurants that were opening up in the 1930s. They were coming to a head at that time to where they were opening several of them all around Disneyland and where Walt was working. Mm -hmm. So I think that that had a big influence on him. Yeah, definitely. And, it, and it's just generally that sort of theme of like the 19, what the ideal of like the exotic was in the 1950s. Well, yeah, it's sort of like campy and fun. And I don't think they thought it was serious. I thought, I think that they knew that it was fun and quirky and not actually like that. Yeah. And people are just embracing fun. I think that's what defines this sort of tiki culture is embracing fun more than anything. You know, they all just wanted to drink out of pineapples and you know, and listen to the birdie sing. I just think it was so much fun. But it's also, it, it feigns being exotic, even though it's For sure. sort of comf comforting. For sure, way. it's like, yeah, it's like a crazy melange of different cultures at the same time, because we know that it's not actually accurate to Hawaii, you know, even though they want you to think that it is. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I mean, it, it's more than that, because it's, it's a really, well, in Disneyland version, it's sort of what a mix of kind of African themes, Asian themes. Well, yeah, I think themes that's the same in, in all the Adventurelands. It's sort of a melange of different, mm. different uh, quote-unquote exotic cultures, mm. you know? But go going through, I think the Disneyland version, to me, seems more of the same theme throughout. So it's right. like the whole thing is that sort of an equal mix of those those different Right, cultures. as to where the Magic Kingdom is definitely Separate. subdivided. Yeah. So, I, a lot of people would say two times, but I think even more than that. I was going to say that. I mean, I know the main ones is really this sort of Arabian Plaza, or whatever you want to call it. Caribbean Plaza, I guess, further up by Frontierland. Yeah. And then below that, the Arabian Town. Well, see, I, th I think it. It, I would divide it more into three. Like three definite areas, even though most people would say two, to where the first beginning part, say around the Treehouse and Aloha Isle, mm. is sort of that Victorian exploration. Yes, that then you move into 1930s adventurer, explorer kind of thing. Yes. And then you move into sort of that Aladdin area, which is like a little bizarre, mm -hmm. which is terrific. And then you move even further up and it's Caribbean Plaza, which is a loose theme. I'll give it that. I don't know how I feel about uh, excuse me, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean being in Adventureland. I'm kind of iffy about that to begin with but uh it does work i think it also makes for a nice transition into Frontierland. yeah also. i mean that, that's definitely, definitely yeah in a weird way in general the, the disneyland one is a little bit more cohesive yeah in whatever its theme is 
exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's in and it's, well, the fact of the matter is, it's much smaller. It's probably like a quarter of the size. It's yeah, just so teeny tiny. Which is definitely true. But it's, it's a very, so yeah. tiny. You don't know when you cross over to uh, uh, New Orleans Square for crying out loud. You just cross a little bridge. Oh, yeah, different area. It reminds me a lot more about sort of like the Hollywood ideal of the exotic mm -hmm. and films of that time period when it was first built or earlier than that. But. I think it's one of those few things that made it out of this sort of a Polynesian fad without dating itself. And I'm including it in that uh, the Polynesian Hotel, mm -hmm. which quickly dated itself, I think, but eventually and kind of made it through. And it seems... It's because it's a mix. And it seems more fun to me than almost anywhere in the park. More fun than Fantasyland. More fun than Tomorrowland, for sure. Mm. This area is, I think, just definitively good. Yeah. It's it's my favorite area in the park. I'm pretty sure about that. You know? Mm. One of my favorite attractions is uh, found in this park. When you're first going into Disneyland, it's right there on the left. This is the uh, Enchanted Tiki Room. Tiki Birds. Yeah, I love those Tiki Actually Birds. Yeah, it's the Enchanted Tiki Birds. Opened up in 1963 while Walt was still around. He helped develop these beautiful animatronic birds that we love so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and you know, uh, Sherman brought the soundtrack? Yeah, well, not entirely. They wrote one song for it. Okay, that but the is main... The tiki 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 Room. The main catchy song. Yeah, the main catchy covers, song. Right? But Let's All Sing Like the Birdie Sing is not a Sherman Brothers song. Like I used to think, it's a song that predates that by several decades and you can look those videos up on YouTube. A lot of people have nice uh, recordings of that from the 30s, which mm -hmm. is a terrific song. So what do you think about the cues of the two Tiki attractions? I'm, I'm torn about this because if we're not speaking specifically cue, if we're talking, are we talking like show building as well or not? Yeah, okay, let's start with the show buildings okay. themselves. I, the show building, the showroom in uh, Disney World is just so much better. Yeah, it's so much more epic and yeah, it's well very epic. themed and painted. They both have this sort of thatched roofed yeah, poly thing, ish. but the the Disneyland version is kind of just like a little shack. Yeah, the Disney <laughs> World version that? adds sort of an element of hype that is, isn't there in Disneyland at all. I don't think, besides the treehouse, not there at all. And this sort of acts as a weenie at the end of the little bazaar area, you know, you know, sort of cross-referencing the themes there. It's more, just more polished in general. Yeah, like I love that building. Sort of triangle-shaped, sort of, I don't know what they're called, but those paintings underneath the, the roof. It's just an, just an epic and amazing building, and I love to see it from... Uh, like the top of Slash Mountain when you're oh, coming down. Yeah. Like I love to look over there and make sure that I see it. And it, it looks good from other areas of the park, to mm -hmm. your point. Yeah, it's, ter it's terrific. It's a beautiful building. But uh, then you were talking about the queue, and I think the queue in Disneyland is just so much, much better. better. Yeah, It's so charming, those those tiki gods with their little show. The only thing I don't like is the dull pineapple video that they show yeah. you know, while you wait for your dole whip. It's, but, it's, a, it's not so bad. But the At least it tells really, you the story of, of pineapples yeah, and how they it's not propagated them It's not terrible, bit. but you know how I feel about... Yeah. I, you know how I feel about advertisements in the well, park. I'm fine with the sponsorship. Better than the Kodak one. I'm fine with the sponsorship, but I, I don't really like watching videos. I don't watch movies at home, you know, because I don't watch commercials, so I don't want to see it on vacation. But getting back to the queue, I think it's incredibly charming. I, I want to say Thurl Ravenscroft did at least one of the... Who did he do? Uh, who, who did he do the Tangaroa? Yeah, God? I, I don't know. Them and then there's like 
Tangaroa-roo, the east wind. <laughs> I love her. She's yeah. amazing. And, and, they, cool. and it also freaks people out when they're not ready for it, which yeah. is kind of awesome. For, for those of you who don't know, I know we have a lot of uh, Disney World listeners. It's just a pre-show of uh, descriptions of tiki gods from Hawaii and Pol- Are they real tiki Polynesia. Gods? I don't even know. Yeah. But like Tangaroa Ru and Tangaroa and Rongo. He's the one that flies the kites, right? I don't know. I, yeah. just, know the, I just know the They're one. all tremendous and they all do a little uh, action. They're almost like animatronics. Yeah, a little you bit. Know. They're animatronic. They're terrific. They're kind of like Chuck E. Cheese style animatronics. But, but they're better. great. But the sculpts are great. Yeah, they're really terrific. I love that show. I And you're in a little courtyard. I've, I have nice. to say, we watched it four or five times the last time we were at Disney yeah, because we I waited in line for a Dole Whip for a good hour. Yeah. Um, Dole Whips in Disneyland are kind of a disappointment. They're a huge disappointment. Only because why the cart or the tiki, what is it called? The um, tiki, tiki bar. juice bar. Yeah. Tiki juice bar only has Dole Whips and they only have one machine. And apparently... Which has two sides. They have, but they have five people working there and only one of them actually doing anything. Yeah, they just kind of... Well, they can't do anything because it, they make eight of them and then it runs out of... Dole yeah. Whip, and then they have to fill it again and wait for it to freeze while the line just gets bigger and bigger So while I was trying to live my dream of eating a Dole Whip while watching the Tiki Birds, one of my favorite snacks and one of my favorite attractions, I'm getting more and more disappointment. I literally had to start making friends in the line because I was getting so bored. It's true. People were really... They were... People really bond, bond yeah. over the lack of Dole Whip quickness. Yes. It's really funny. But then, but then you know, should we jump a little bit quick to the to um, Aloha Isle in, in Magic Kingdom. Well, yeah, we can mention the Aloha fact Kingdom. that at Aloha Isle, you never wait more than like five minutes. Yeah. It's not as cute though, because it's not a little hut. Of course, it's not a little hut, but it's much. But it's much more practical and it's much yes. faster. And then you can also get regular ice cream and floats well, and yeah, you can get citrus twists and stuff, which is really great. Adam doesn't really care for the Dole Whip as much as I, I do. do. I love it, and I need it on my vacations to really warrant that vacation, so to speak. But uh, at Disneyland, it was a big disappointment waiting that whole time. That was the longest wait out of six days at Disneyland that we waited for anything. Yeah. That includes it's Space true. Mountain. That's true. You know, California Scream, and this involves every e-ticket. We we had, it was literally literally three TV shows. Yeah, it was like an hour. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's how we intimately got to know the queue for. But the then it has the one bonus. We won't say much about the inside of the attraction, but you could eat a dole whip while you watch the tiki birds, which is phenomenal, which is and, awesome and fun, Disney. especially on a really hot day. Disney but I did want to. I did. You were say you said that we were going to kind of skip over this, but I did want to mention a few little differences in the actual attraction, and I. And they're both. Uh, two of them are in Disneyland's favor. That being the. Magic Fountain, which I'm a big fan of, and you could carry their way, I think. Mm, it was alright. I think it's, it's really neat. I think a... it's very impressive to younger people, like but younger kids. But it's just a plexiglass stick that. But but little comes kids up. don't realize that, and it's very neat the first time you see it. Is it? I I thought it was very charming. It's much more charming than our fog machine in I ours. Agree. The I only would. plus would have been if they kept. Uh, oh, uh, I the wish they animatronic yeah. at Disney. That animatronic would be amazing. That would have been really nice. As bad as that show was. And then I also wanted to say that they have the full length of uh, Let's All Sing Like the Birdie Sing. Yeah, which the sing-along part is that's really the disappointing. funnest part. Yeah, that's really disappointing. I don't really know why they took it out. Well, they wanted higher, you know, capacity per hour, you know, by adding that one, you know, show it's, a day. It's not that busy anyway. Yeah, well. They're crazy. But um, the, we didn't really talk about the 
the um, the Magic Kingdom Tiki Cube. Yeah, it's the it's, it's two, the two birds Barker conversing. Birds, right, kind of. No, the well, they're yeah. not really Barker birds, but they're kind of Barker birds. Well, they used to have the real Barker bird. Yeah, but they set up the the show. Anyway, it's it's still very charming. I just don't like <sighs> the history of the Disney World Tiki Room. You know, is is there like it does have its own separate history with the you know the orange bird and all that silliness you know that people are really into but it's just not it's not nearly as charming as the queue at disneyland <laughs> meanwhile the sound quality at disney world is much better it the is. sound sound quality kicks but and the birds and the birds the reefer birds are amazing yeah it's really pretty i like i like i like the disney world one a lot quite a bit um anyway yeah so that's it with the tiki birds moving up a little bit from the tiki birds adam um, I'm from Wood Park. Either park, really, if we're talking about okay. attractions that coincide with each other, is the Jungle Cruise. The Jungle Cruise, yeah, exactly. Opening day attraction for both parks. It was that super headliner, actually, at Disneyland when it opened in 1955. That's true. That was the one that Walt was all over TV promoting before it even opened. Yeah, too bad it wasn't real animals like he originally wanted. Yeah, I don't think anybody really wanted that. And they still <laughs> kind of reference that when they talk about the tigers jumping over the boat you know uh -huh. <laughs> they say the tigers can only you know can jump 10 to 12 feet the thing about the jungle cruise of both parks is that they're relatively the same they yeah. are you know besides the facade the actual attraction is, is relatively the same it's kind of the, but some of the animatronics i think in the disney the magic kingdom version are a bit better like they're a little bit more whimsical hmm. to me like like the 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 natives and not so much the oh, natives, but like the guys right. who are chasing, they're a little scarier. Right, right, right. What's, what's the head salesman's name? Trader Sam. Trader Sam. Yeah, like the Trader Sam is a good example. Of yeah, it. that's a great example. He's like so he's much he's more like cartoony and fun, but even like the guys that are like climbing up the pole, getting chased by the rhino. You know what? I didn't even think when I was kind of looking at this topic, I, that didn't even cross my mind. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're 100% right. And the then, ones, they're so much better. A lot of the jokes that Mark Davis came up with in the original designs didn't, I don't think, really made it into the Disneyland version. Right. But they're in the. Well, some of them are. I guess there's some in the Disneyland version and some in the Disney World version. Yeah, Trader, I think Trader Sam absolutely looks a million times better. And then those, uh, the guys that are going to get it, they get the point in the end. Yeah. They're definitely, definitely better. You're right about that. Backside of War is the same. But the temple is really cool, except that the tiger in the temple is just gone to really awful places it's a abomination. i don't know who refurbed it but it's awful i was gonna mention that i do really like the temple at the magic kingdom i just think that's terrific and that sort of like spooky music there's i like how they shut the lights off and there's nothing more magical than uh the jungle cruise at night and i think that the temple in the magic kingdom really adds a lot yeah. to that it also gives you a moment to sort of relax and and take it all in in a sense just just for a second, as long as there's not some kid screaming about how excited they are to see the monkeys or the jewels or the tiger yes. or whatever, which there usually is. And I love the monkey with the baby monkey, that the same one that's in the land. Yeah, it's the same monkey from the land. I love that. Is that an actual fact or is that something we just say? It's something I always say, but I think those are the same. <laughs> they look the same. So what Adam's referring to is that there's a monkey in the temple in the Magic Kingdom version of the Jungle Cruise that looks exactly like a monkey from Living with the Land. Yes. It really does. From the I think it's the same monkey. It might be the same one. It does the same movement and everything. Yeah, it might be the same. I think it's the same monkey. I love, I love that monkey. Um, anyway, uh, what I was going to say earlier is that there's not, 
a big difference in the ride, even though apparently I was wrong about that. There is a pretty big difference in the facade of them. Oh God, yes. And I think the facade of the Disneyland one, the immediate facade that is, is much, much better. Yeah, it's more like, it totally looks like it came right out of African Queen or yeah, something it's like very, that. it's very ramshackle and sort of pieced together, mm. you know, and sort of, no, I don't want to say junky looking, but in a good way. Yeah. You know, like that's imagineering at its best, really, when they can make something look so ramshackle. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's just great. I think the Magic Kingdom version really looks like nothing from the outside. Yeah. It really is small and doesn't have much to it. It's pretty cool once you get into the queue. Not that you see much of it typically, but... Right. Well, I was going to say one of the things I like about the Magic Kingdom version is that it's sort of sunken and you have to go down those steps to get down there. Yeah. I like that it has its own plaza because during the summertime it can have a, it can have a queue. Yeah. You know, and if you're waiting sure. down in that, you know, that little uh, plaza area, I think that's really neat. Especially when it smells like cinnamon nuts. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I love it. It always smells over there like those good cinnamon almonds. But if you, um, but I don't know, I feel like the, it could be, the building could still be better though. Especially yeah. that they have that big of an area. Absolutely. I like that. And uh, It's just sort of a little facade is what it seems like to me. Yeah, the, the, the facade is very little, but I do like how it's sunken. And I am going to lump in Shrunken Ned's Junior Jungle Boats. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring that, that up separately, but if you uh, if you do comparisons, Shrunken Ned in Magic Kingdom, we get those boats. And Disneyland, Disneyland they get that awesome animatronic quarter machine advice snarky talents shrunken head. Yeah, so in uh, <laughs> in one of the shops in Disneyland, there is a machine, Shrunken Ned, who gives, he's the jungle witch doctor, uh -huh. voiced by Eddie Soto, who was one of the head Imagineers in the 1990s. He did a, a lot of really amazing work and then some bad work like Mission Space. But he... Um, and he's supposed to basically be an explorer or something. Yeah. That got turd, that had his head shrunk. Tra Trader Sam got his yeah. head, and now he dispenses uh, Jungle Witch Doctor advice for 50 cents. And it's usually very snarky, like Adam was saying. He told Adam that he had bad fashion sense, and that was really terrific. Yeah. But they print out a little card with a little word of wisdom, and lots of fun. And you get to keep the little card. just as a great souvenir for only 50 cents. That's a wonderful souvenir. Yeah. You Much know, because we don't like to spend tons of money. We're definitely not going to buy a piece of plush or a keychain or anything like that. And this is just something good to put in your little scrapbook or your little you know, box to look at later or whatever. But the, those are the little, uh, the little things that just Disney does so much better than anybody else and why we yeah. tend to love the parks. That's, a, that's one of those magic things that you only find in Disneyland, I think, more so than the Magic Kingdom. But the Magic Kingdom does have Shrunken Ed's Junior Jungle Boats, which I think are terrific. Fun. What are they going to put in that little area? No, they're totally great. They should have more stuff like that. I like those little diversions that you actually have to pay for. It's one of the few things that you actually have to pay for, and I just think it's terrific. I mean, they're definitely cute. They don't really do much. It's well done for what it is. Yeah, I think it's very charming, you know? It doesn't take away anything, and that's for damn sure. No, that is true. Yeah, so, um, there's only one other attraction that kind of exists in both parks, and that's the treehouse. In yeah. Disney World, we have Swiss Family Treehouse, and in Disneyland, we have Tarzan's Treehouse. Uh -huh. Yeah, which is a ridiculous Gee, Disneyland folks. Yeah, that guy sucks <laughs> to be you. Um, all I gotta say is Swiss Capoca. Yeah, hello. Hello. Uh, the, I, theme, the, the background music when you're in the tree, in our tree, in the Swiss family tree house, is just the best thing ever. Yeah, the, it is, uh, it does exist at Disneyland, actually, the Swiss Capoca plays, I think, on the little record player. Apparently, I didn't, I didn't notice this, but apparently it's true. It's not the same thing. 
it's it's just so corny that Tarzan Treehouse is very um this is a ramshackle in a bad way. If ramshackle is good for the jungle cruise, it is not good in this case. Yeah, at it's all. not horribly done. I do like how the tree kind of goes over the path. I love that. How it's two different trees and there's a bridge. Yeah, that's awesome. That's terrific, and that's a great way to define the two areas. That, my friends, is when you know when you're walking from Adventureland to New Orleans Square. Yeah. Is the treehouse. But um, but that being said, the Swiss Family Treehouse is just a thousand times better. Yeah, it's so much better. Just because it, it was built to be that and it worked really well. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I just Very think that the, especially the uh, sort of crazy fiberglass figures from the Tarzan one. Yeah. They're not, you're never supposed to be that close to something like that. Yeah. No. It's supposed to be on a stage. And it doesn't move. Or behind glass or something. You're not ever supposed to be able to touch these things. Yeah. It, you know what it is? It's like, if something doesn't really move all that much, like it's like a just a, a simple sculpt kind of thing, you but you're on a, yeah. an attraction that you're moving really quickly for it, like past it, it's not a big deal because you don't need to see movement because you're moving so fast past it. Right. But when something's just sitting there and not doing mm -hmm. anything and growling at you, but its mouth doesn't move, it does like really? You couldn't have built, if you were going to do that, you that's, couldn't have built an animatronic. That that's moved. just very like Six Flags. Yeah. You know, it's very corny. I, did, I, don't, I don't like it at all. It was clearly just thrown together. And the funny thing is, we're not the, we're not opponents of Tarzan the movie, which we both think is really great. Oh, I love Tarzan. That's Especially a the soundtrack. It's a terrific movie. It's which actually really hate. great. But Phil Collins is kind of awesome. And I think, it, I just think it was a bad idea to cover up this wonderful treehouse. I love this Swiss Family movie. It's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite live action movies. Yeah, so I uh, I guess for the overall feel, if we're talking about overall feel for the treehouse, it brings the same thing to both parks because you yeah, don't know it's a, you don't know that it's a Tarzan treehouse when you're looking at it from the outside. It does bring that element of height that I was talking about, that jungle feeling because you're not gonna have trees that big in Disneyland or Disney World especially. You're never gonna have trees that big, mm -hmm. so it does bring a nice element to both. Yep. You know, sort of enclosing it within itself. And I also like the, but I like the views a little bit more from the Magic Kingdom version, too. Nah, I could go either way. Because yeah. the, the view from the bridge at Disneyland is really phenomenal. Yeah. I really like that a lot. I, but the, the, especially the Magic Kingdom version gets really not busy yeah. at night. And it's yeah. really nice to go up there in the dark and watch the fireworks or something like that. Especially there is like a, an extra magic hour or something. There's one little spot in the treehouse that you can watch Wishes from. Which you can. I mean, you, you get can. a little bit blocked, but for the most part, you can see it. It's really neat. You just need to get up there a little early because people know it and they try to come up and squish it away. Yeah, but we would all let them. We push them down the stairs. Exactly. Yeah. Especially their kids. Yeah, we push their kids down Or sometimes we put their kids in the, the little water buckets. Yeah, and exactly. We let them ride down. Yeah, we try to drown them. No, that's water. not true. That's a it's not that mean. Um, there's a couple attractions in both Adventurelands that either one doesn't have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Most specifically in Disneyland, we have the Indiana Jones adventure. Yes. You know, of the Forbidden Eye, which is a terrific, a terrific e ticket attraction that I have crazy problems with and I can't explain why. Yeah, it's... The attraction itself, it gets a little dark and a little blurry and it's not necessarily all that exciting. Like, it's not scary. Like, I thought it would be really scary. It's not. Our, like, Dinosaur is actually scary. Our lead up to Disneyland was several years. Like, several years of wanting to go to Disneyland. And I keep thinking, man, this Indiana Jones ride is going to be so great that it's just going to blow everything else out of the water. And I didn't... We won it maybe, like, three or four times mm -hmm. in the 
and the six days that we're there. And it, it really adds very little to the park besides a, a thrill ride. Yeah, but the, uh, the, on the other hand, the queue and what it does to Adventureland surrounding it is pretty amazing. See, here's the problem I have with the queue is that the facade and the queue are so far set back. The outside queue is nothing to speak of. It's just switchbacks in a jungle, okay? The queue itself is so far back that it doesn't add too much to Adventureland, mm -hmm. if you're asking me. Well, it's true, but once you're in the queue, the queue is awesome. The queue is amazing. It's probably... Because it's so long and I it's so impressive. It's, I want to say it's one of, one of the two best queues. It is. You but know. it seemed like it's to me like they had they were like okay we don't have any space we're gonna have to put this attraction way on the outside of the park we need to get people out there seamlessly and I think they do a really good job I think of that. They, yeah I think they do a really good job I just I was expecting more yeah the attraction itself is I would much rather like the queue's great the only bad thing is that it's just the line could be deceivingly long yeah I just there's something about it that lacks for me I don't know why yeah, but it's, I mean, it's fun. It's a fun attraction. I really like the soundtrack to it, and I don't know, it was good. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Solid's video in the beginning. That's fun. It's fun. Yeah, I did like it. It's just not, it's not that great. I didn't think it was as good as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I like the queue better than I like the attraction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then over in uh, the Magic Kingdom, one of the rides that we have there that we don't have at Disneyland is the Flying Carpets of Aladdin. Yeah. Do the, we. Indeed, do. We indeed do. And one of the things about this is that I actually think this uh, attraction is great. I think it adds something to that sort of bizarre area, or it actually creates that bizarre area. It Without does. this, it wouldn't be a whole other area of Adventureland. But it also kind of locks stuff up at the same time. Ooh. Like, I like that this is there. I know that people have a lot of problems because it does create sort of a bottleneck on either side, whether you're going to Pirates of the Caribbean or cutting through to Frontierland or going back to the hub or whatever. It does create a nice jumble there, but you know what? That's how that kind of bizarre feels, you know? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it fits in. The attraction is fun enough. It looks like the camels are cool. It's, it's adding... It fits in well, times of design. It's adding capacity to the whole park and as far as like people having attractions to go on all day long, you know, but without taking anything away from me. All it does for me is create, uh, create sort of that kinetic energy of movement that that area really, really lacks. Because you can't see the jungle, the jungle cruise. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't see the boats like you can kind of at Disneyland. But that's kind of that's kind of the one nice thing about the Adventureland in Disneyland is that it's the only part that really doesn't have any sort of kinetic movement. See, I, th I think it needs it. I think it needs it. And I, I like that this attraction is there. I think it's very charming. Aladdin's narration is is kind of charming too. Yeah. I, I would rather have been like an actual bazaar, like like alleys and like a few more buildings maybe in the middle. Okay. Instead of an attraction. More like so New Orleans if, Square. Yeah, yeah. Like now exactly. that, okay, I never even thought about that. But if you add a couple more of that sort of uh, rustic kind of building in the middle, uh -huh. oh, that would be really See, wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, even if you put a more like... Yeah, I see what you said. Because yeah, the, If general, you make it feel more like the Moroccan Pavilion at Epcot. Yes. That would be really neat, actually. Because it's it's just not like most things in the Magic Kingdom. It's not cozy. Yeah, I, at all. I see what you're saying. And it's even though the attraction, 
you know, makes it a little bizarre-like and a little hectic and crazy because right. it blocks the way. It doesn't block your view, so it doesn't feel... No, it doesn't, it I doesn't see exactly... I, ch I change how I feel about this. I see, I see exactly what you're saying. But had they put up, like, some more shops or mm -hmm. even, like, a show built, like an attraction, like a small sort of attraction that was like a little show in the middle or something. Uh -huh. That was something you had to go around but sort of block the view of other things. Oh, that's a great idea. I like your idea better. I like what you're saying better. And it, it would also push your view towards the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Which right now you could easily, your eyes could easily avoid it because you just couldn't see straight across through the, the spinners. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I like your idea better. Yeah. Yeah. I like that attraction, but get rid of it, I guess, and put up a building. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, I don't hate it like people do, you know, but... Yeah. It could be cool. There's one There's one other thing in uh, that direct vicinity that's adding to the great sort of feeling of the Magic Kingdom's adventure land, which is the Tiki... Tiki gods, who I just think are phenomenal. Yes, as we know. I love those Tiki gods. I made a video about them. I'm totally obsessed with them. I think they're great. I love when they spit on people who aren't expecting it. Oh, I, I, my favorite is when people try to park their strollers there and then they get spit on. I just love that. That's not stroller parking, my friend. Well, people try to park their strollers everywhere. It's really not. I hope it spits right on you. I hope they ban strollers from Disney World. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Don't take your kids to Disney World if they can't walk on their own. And make them walk. If and they don't want to walk, walk, then they shouldn't be in Disney World. If the back of my ankles get hit again by a stroller, I'm going to flip. Well, they just walked away. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily mind the the, the Disney renty ones. They're not so bad. But those big, giant tank strollers the that behemoths? people love to use today, it's so rude. Like those giant three-wheeled... Oh, who makes like, your stroller? You. Oh, this this one is a new Hummer. This yeah. is a, a 2013 Hummer stroller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to the most crowded place in the world. Let and me I'm bring the biggest stroll I could find. <laughs> this is the size of a small trampoline. I, I could be as obnoxious in the parks as I could be on the roads. People are the worst. Leave your strollers at home. Bring up those little little foldy ones. Yeah, if you're I, if do you anything. really have to, if your kid really can't walk, bring one of oh, those little ones. An umbrella stroller. Yeah. You really don't need more than that. And it's a point, and it's a good test, because if your kids can't walk anymore, yeah. they're too tired, and they should go back to the hotel for it's, a nap. Exactly. You'll we have more fun that way. Have an agreement with your kid beforehand, because we, we talk about kids all the time on here and how we don't like them, but we actually don't mind we kids We actually don't love, kids. We, we love, love kids. we love good kids, okay? And you should have an agreement with your kids before you go into the parks and say, we're going to go really early for a rope drop, for instance, and then as soon as you get too tired to walk, we're going to go back to the hotel and take a nap. And then after our nap, we'll go back, which is how you should be touring anyway. No. You should be taking a nap around noon anyway. Yeah. Instead, you get screaming, cut, tired, burned out kids. And the dad is like, you know how much money I played for this Disney World vacation? You're going to have fun and like it. And meanwhile, those guys don't have any fun themselves. And that's hor the horrible thing yeah. about it. I'm not here for myself. I'm here for my kids. That just ruins your... What are you doing with have your Have fun lives? with your kids. Yeah, why Run can't around you just, and be crazy and enjoy Disney World? Those are the kind of people that don't have fun, period, ever. They're just so serious and they don't have fun with anything. So, Anyway, so getting off of our tangent about kids. <laughs> um, we like kids, just we don't like strollers. I don't yeah, I don't like strollers at all. And I'm not just strollers especially. And the double wide strollers? Those are the worst. Don't really? What are you either. doing with your lives? Get rid of that double stroller. If you're going to get a double one, get the front and back one. And that goes for all of life. Like, don't yeah. go to the mall. It's just obnoxious. Yeah, those are just horrible. You're the worst. Um, do you have anything else to say about Adventureland? Um, we didn't really talk about a couple of things. Pirates 
in Magic Kingdom? Yeah, I think it, I mean, it adds what it should add to the Magic Kingdom. I don't like that it's in Adventureland, but there's nowhere else to put it because mm. there's no New Orleans Square. I do like the show building a lot, and I really, really, mm-hmm. really love the queue and arts. Yeah, the queue is so much better at the Magic Kingdom oh, than at Disneyland. The only, oh thing, the only thing I could say is that, oh, well, just a quick summary is that the Disneyland version of Pirates, even though it's not in Adventureland, is a thousand times better. Yeah, we'll get into that, I'm sure, in the future. It's a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother thing. Um, And then I also have um, Tinkerbell's Magical Nook. Yeah, I love that Magical Nook. um, Which is kind of off to the side of the Adventureland veranda, where they also have meet and greets up right on the right when you walk in. Yeah, but it's it's so... But it's inside. Yeah, it's it's inside. It doesn't add anything to the land because you don't see anything, but But, it's very well done. Yeah, they're really cute sets. Actually, I think it's much nicer than... Yeah. Then Pixie Hollow. Absolutely. In Disneyland, which I know is in, in Adventureland, but... But still, it's yeah. better. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. And you can, again, you can meet Terrence there. Yeah. Really love. Yeah, I like it. Um, we also have some restaurants a little bit. Just quick, we have Bengal Barbecue in Disneyland. Yeah. Which, which is great. Which is good. You uh-huh. get a good vegetable skewer there. Uh-huh. Those are really it. tasty. Yeah. And you get a nice hefty dose of vegetables. Which is really good. And we, on the other hand, have Tortuga Tavern. Which, again, you can get, what is it, a bean burrito? You can get a bean, bean burrito. Tacos. You can get bean tacos. And here's a little tip, friends. They have a little crappy toppings bar at Tortuga Taverns, but it's a connected building to Pecos Will, so just walk over there and take whatever you want. Uh, I, I do love the design of that restaurant itself, and also, well, the outside, and the sign. Yeah. No, I like it. The tavern sign is awesome. I like Tortuga Taverns. It's very cozy over there. Mm-hmm. We oftentimes take our Pecos Bill veggie burgers and walk over there. Yeah, if we get there kind of, if we typically don't get there late. We usually have a special room for our Pecos Bill veggie burgers. Yeah. But sometimes if we get there, like if we come in late on a Sunday afternoon and get there, you know, at noon for it, the first it, time or something. It has a surprising amount of seating and it's really a charming little restaurant. I like it. It's not nearly as good as Rancho Del Zicalo, which it should be. Mm-hmm. It's almost an embarrassment when compared to that, mm-hmm. as far as food quality goes. Um, what else? We also have the Sunshine Tree Terrace, home of the Little Orange Bird. We do, which well, is uh, great because you can get more Dole Whips there. Another reason not to uh, wait in Giant Ones. Yeah, it's uh, it's cute. I think that actually, that restaurant more than anything adds a lot to that surrounding area con- connected to Tiki Birds. I love the design of that restaurant. It's great. I and love it. That's a tiki. classic Tiki design. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see it all refurbished. Terrific. Um, I do like it. I guess just overall... The music is amazing. The, yeah, the trying. music. I was going to talk about that a little bit. The background music in the Magic Kingdom is very, like, tribe and quiet and... tribe or tribal? Like, I don't want to say tribal because that I feel like... But why would you say tribe me... That's weird. I know. That's like, not, like, not even a word. Well, it's a lot of, like, drum beats and... Almost like tribal. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But when you say tribal, I think of tribal tattoos on like Guido's. Yeah, but you shouldn't think that. That that it's just a bad conversation for me. Yeah, but tribe isn't a word that people know. That I know, but okay. But you know, we'll go with tribal. Tribal. Well, it's it's just lots of drums. Lots of drums. You know, very very high on percussion. Very little else. There's lots of imbira, which is the little thumb piano for sure. Uh There's lots of that specifically prominent around the bridge on both. Um, no, actually, more so in the Magic Kingdom. More so in the Magic Kingdom. Then Disneyland, it's a lot of big band music. Right. It's you sort of have like that overflow big, like from 1930s, like Jungle radio. Cruise. You get that overflow from Jungle Cruise because it's so pushed towards the center yeah. of the of the area. I think I also think they do it to blend it in with um, right French Quarter. 
And also, even more so, also to the hub, really. Yeah. I mean, it kind of blends a little bit better. But what I was talking about is it's sort of a Jungle Cruise, sort of a big band music with the oh. with the Albert A. Wall sort of chit chatting over it, yeah. which is very charming. And uh, but that that terrific. seems to go throughout the Disneyland. Yeah, Disneyland's Disneyland's background music isn't nearly as loud as Disney World, no. unfortunately, because I think it takes away from the atmosphere of the area. Likewise, you do have a lot of live musicians playing at Disneyland that you don't have at Disney World. Yeah, I do. I definitely do like the Magic Kingdom version better. Oh yeah, it's much better. Again, like I was saying, I like to sit outside of Adventureland and you still get that overflow of music, which is terrific. Um, we didn't really talk. Let's see what else do I have here. Um, it's a little bit narrow and twistier, so you can't see stuff in Disneyland. As yeah. you go through, it, everything's kind of a surprise. I think that... You get less of that in the Magic Kingdom. I think Kingdom. we've mentioned that m many times, is that it's just cozier as um, a whole. Disneyland is much cozier. What else? Oh, the, the pavement. I think in Disneyland, I... it's more rough ground. Yeah, I guess so. Which is kind of neat. Yeah, I would never have even noticed something but like that. But it goes that. from like the being really smooth in the hub. Yeah. Anyway, so mm. I think that's about it. Because Adam is, uh, you know, sort of gotten to where he's talking about pavement. So I think we're going <laughs> to shut it down right about now. So yeah, so uh, overall, which one do you like better? Uh, neither. I like them the same. Damn. For different reasons. I don't have a favorite. I think I like the Disneyland version better. Yeah. Again, I couldn't say either way. A little like cozier. I, I couldn't say either way because there's certain. <sighs> I like the attractions overall a little bit better. Yeah, I couldn't say either way. I like I like them both. I, I'm not gonna pick a favorite for this one. Okay. Immediately, like my first impression was that I like the Disneyland one better when we were first um, sort of arriving to the resort. I would have said that if you had asked me then, but now I kind of. I think about my Shrunken Ned's Junior Jungle Boats and the Tiki Gods. I have nothing but nostalgia for the Magic Kingdom version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard, it's hard for me to say. And also, because this was Family Treehouse and because of Aloha Isle. Overall, we're talking about aesthetic. I like the Disneyland version better. If the, they could fix it so easily at Disney World just by making it cozier. If you brought the sidewalks in by like three feet on either side, I don't it would be definitively better. And more plants. And more plants, for crying out loud. Where, why can't you have plants? It's stinking Florida. It's already a stinking jungle. Yeah, even more. Yeah, just add some plants. Okay. Yeah, so that does it for uh, Adventureland, our aesthetic overview of Adventureland. I'm sure we're gonna go back to this topic in the future, maybe more specific esoteric rides like the Jungle Cruise. I'm sure we could do an entire show on our feelings about that. Uh, but we will definitely delve back into this in the future. Yeah, so that's it for Adventureland. Adventureland. Yay. We think it's really sweet when you send us a tweet. Send us a tweet. We hope you never fail to send an email. Listener questions. Jenna from Hilliard, Florida says, Hey guys, I know you love the Animal Kingdom Park, but we were wondering what your rope drop strategies for that park are. My family find it particularly difficult as most people classify it as a half-day park. Thanks so much. So, Jenna, one of the 
Big differences here, you know, how people are calling it sort of a half-day park. The reason that they're calling it that is because there aren't as many attractions. You know, it's to say it's a half-day park is very um, misinformative. Like, that's just, it's just not true. It, I could spend an entire day there for sure. And we, in fact, spend multiple days there yep. on each trip. It's my, it's one of my favorite parks, parks absolutely. Um, as far as a rope drop, if people don't know what we're talking about with a rope drop, that is sort of the opening ceremony, opening of the park, being there 30 minutes before it opens and starting off your day there. Yeah, so I think it's important to get there um, a little bit earlier. I wouldn't say park. I wouldn't say thirty. I wouldn't say thirty minutes. Yeah, by by any means, but be there before you know if the park opens at nine. Be there at like eight forty, eight forty-five. Yeah, you don't want to be too far back because the lines can get pretty pretty long going through the turnstiles. Right. Get through the turnstiles. Make sure you're on the other side of the turnstiles when the park opens. A half hour would do it. Yeah. Okay. So maybe maybe thirty minutes. There's, you know, plenty of excitement in the air. You know, you're not going to yeah. be bored. And they typically let you in and they sort of put you behind a rope. Yeah, they put right you behind, behind a rope and they do a really charming little rope drop ceremony with Mickey and Minnie. And I want to say Pluto's there as well. And they make sure that you packed your sunscreen and your adventure. Mm -hmm. So uh, once so, once the park opens, mm -hmm. you're going to follow the cast member. Yeah, they will uh, walk you over to whatever area you decide to go to. And the one that we recommend first going to is Asia. You're going to follow right behind a cast member. Yeah. And uh, before you get on Expedition Everest, we, we should, well, let's preface this by saying there's a few attractions that you want to get in on your first hour of the park being open. And one of those is Everest. So. Yeah, but just to note, you, it's to the right. No, yeah. You have to follow. Right. The cast, you're going to have two cast members that go in uh, carrying ropes for the most part. Mm -hmm. One is going to go to the left. Yeah. That's the Kilimanjaro yeah. Safari. I'd skip that. I would go to the right yeah. and go towards Everest. So before you get on Everest, depending on uh, what type of party you have, we're just going to assume that this is adults, but uh, it changes things up once you have kids that don't want to go on these attractions. But for the most part, we'll assume this is adults. Go to uh, go towards the right, towards Asia. Before you get in the queue for Everest, get fast passes. But be very quick about it. For Everest, yeah, just grab them really quick. Those are going to be, once you've gone off into that general direction of Asia, that's going to be on the left, as is... Uh, expedition Everest yes. itself. And so, hustle. And hustle. Just don't, be don't right. Run. Be right. Yeah, do not run. Walk hustle. quickly. Do not run. Be right at the front of the rope as the cast members are walking you over there. You waited all year for this vacation. Why would you not walk quickly? Just walk fast. Walk fast. Because if you get one step ahead of everyone else, you I mean, you could literally, yeah. which we do all the time, have fast passes and be the, the, and first, the first person. Train. Absolutely. You know, at least the first train. The train is huge, so. So yeah, grab fast passes. You go can grab them so quickly and know how to do it. You know, you have the, those tickets in and out, have your fast passes, get in line for Exp Expedition Everest. It'll take you no time at all. There literally at that point, there will be no wait whatsoever other than walking through the queue. Yeah, it's a really, a really fast load. So to ride it mm -hmm. at least and, once. Yeah. If you want to run it right twice, you totally could. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you totally could. And, and if you feel like you have the stomach to do that, by all means, go on it twice. And I, I you, you have no rush in this park for a rope drop. There's not a huge rush for anything. What so, a lot of people don't know is you could also ask for the front row or the back row at Everest, which are remarkably different experiences. So I would recommend trying one of each. Oh uh, yeah, I would they say have a really going, easy way to do it. If you're going to Disney World once this year, and you're going to Animal Kingdom, you know, one day out of that trip, do one experience in the very first row uh, of the train, and then one in the very back. There, they couldn't be more different. Yeah. Adam prefers the front. 
I prefer the back. Yeah, the front is is funner. I mean, I feel like you could concentrate more and see a lot of things, which is cool, but the back just beats the crap out of you. Yeah, and if uh, funner were a word, I it would, would associate that with the back. But because that's not a word, I will say that the back is more fun. Yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like the back. So after that, here's where we, um, I think we'll go against the general consensus of how to do a proper rope drop. Yeah, you, you, you haven't, yeah. Most so, people at this point would run over to Africa and go on Kilimanjaro safaris, or vice versa, go on Kilimanjaro safaris first, and then uh, Expedition Everest. But we are going over to Dinoland, and we're going to go on Primeval World. Yeah, it's true, because... You still have plenty of time. Again, this park isn't doesn't get that crowded. You, you have between nine and ten to really do whatever you want because everything's going to take a little bit of time to build. Yeah. So run over there and, and go on Premier World because it's fun, and don't let people tell you it's stupid and yeah. bad and badly designed because they just have bad taste. So then after Primeval World, this is a lot of walking. It's a humongous park, first of all. Yeah. But after Primeval World, you uh, then maybe you can head over to Africa. Yes. I think. Well, yeah. You or you can, you can either go, you can or... either go on Dinosaur. Yeah, I would skip Dinosaur at this point. Yeah, I would too. But um, you, would, you, you could do one of two things. You could either go back around to the left and go that way. But if you go back to the right the way you came, past Nemo, you can. You could go on Everest again. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Because the line at this point still there's isn't no, that bad. There's not going to be a line. I guarantee you it's under yeah, you know, you, If you were the first person on Everest, yeah. and then you were the, you know, you're going to end up being pretty much the first person on Primeval World. Oh, absolutely. Then there will, be, there be, will be no wait for either yeah. attraction. So yeah, if you want to go on Everest again, go on that. But otherwise, go uh, to Kilimanjaro Safaris in Africa. Yep. You no need to get a fast pass. You'll yep. probably only want to go on it once. It is a time-consuming attraction that we really enjoy, but it's a uh, it's sort of a once-a-vacation type situation just because it's so time-consuming. Yeah, but if, if you do want to go on it twice, ride it, ride it, wait for it and ride it. Um, um, by the time you're done, then grab your fast pass. pass will be up again. You'll be able to get another one. Yeah, um, and then grab fast passes for that. Yeah, now, now it's a little it's a little more tricky now that they're enforcing fast passes, but but that should work out, I think, just fine. Yeah, and then you could just shoot back, you know, shoot back to Everest, go on that again, then go back on Kilimanjaro Safari, and then after that, worry about everything okay. else. Okay, okay, okay. This is getting convoluted. So after Kilimanjaro Safaris, then at that point you can go experience dinosaur, go on Primeval World again, mm. go on Everest again using your fast pass. You can then go and see Festival. Tough to Be a Bug. Festival of the Lion King, if no. you're into that kind of thing. I would cancel Festival of the Lion King. Go see <laughs> Tough to Be a Bug. Explore the trails behind the tree. And this will just be perfect time for the 11.30 show of Finding Nemo the Musical. Yeah. Yeah. I, I If you're going to pick one stage show out of the two, I'd say Finding Nemo the Musical. Trump's Festival of the Lion King, nine which, times out which, of ten. Which is true. It's, it's amazing. Just go see it. And if, if you want to have extra bonus points... Say you do have kids, or even just by yourself, because we don't have kids and we own this. Buy the soundtrack for Finding Nemo the Musical on iTunes, uh -huh. and listen to it in heavy rotation to the weeks prior to your trip, and get to know those songs a little bit better. Yeah, it's a wonderful soundtrack. I think it really makes the show a lot better, when you know the songs for yeah. it. And then I would, uh, after that, we would eat lunch at Restaurantosaurus. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the only food worth eating. Yeah, so that's, so that... That is a uh, successful world drop in Animal Kingdom before noon. Yeah, but you forgot something. What? After we lunch. <gasps> flights of Wonder. Flights of Wonder. <sighs> don't I love Flights Don't of miss Wonder. Flights of Wonder. People ignore it all the time. It's the by far the best, like. Yeah, Flights of Wonder is Educational a lot of fun. kind of stage show. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's I silly, love but Wanda it's wonderful. Joe. 
Yeah, I like it a lot. And there's little, there's even rats in it, which is fun because mm -hmm. they don't fly, but they're still on the show, and that's yeah. fun. Depends on the guano Joe, then. Yeah, there's there used to be a really <gasps> good guano Joe that used to be there. Corey. Oh, there used to be Corey, who was a bird handler. I don't know if he's still there, but if Corey is still there and anyone wants to send us a little email or a little picture telling us that Corey's still there, go ahead and do so because he was our favorite. We we enjoy the Corey. Okay, so to break this down really quickly, a synopsis of your rope drop at Animal Kingdom. Get there 30 minutes ahead of time. Go to the right of the park following the cast member. Go on Expedition Everest. Go on Primeval World. Go on Expedition Everest. Go on Kilimanjaro Safaris. Go on Dinosaur. Go on Tough to be a Bug. Go on Finding Nemo. Eat lunch at Restaurantosaurus. Go on Flights of Wonder. That's it. That's Goodbye. Oh, and then you should go on the trails at that point because now the park is pretty busy. Trails are fun. Yeah. Panjari... Pangani and Maharaja Bay. Jungle Trek. If you can only see one, I would go for the Maharaja. I like the Maharaja. Theming is a little bit better. The theming is terrific. That nice. makes for some terrific photos. And you should look for the uh, Victoria Crown Pigeons. Oh, yes. It's one of the only two pairs. In They're the very, States. it's very a very endangered. very endangered species. There's only four of them in the United States. Two of them are in Central Park Zoo, and then two of them are in the Maharaja Bird Sanctuary. And they're just a beautiful beautiful birds and every time we're there they're building a nest and they say they lay eggs but they never hatch and that's really sad. Anyway, so that is uh, Animal Kingdom, our favorite, favorite park. I just love it. Thanks for listening to this ridiculous episode of the Disney Hipster Podcast. You can read our daily blog posts at DisneyHipsters.com, follow us on Twitter at DisneyHipsters, or you could go ahead and like us on Facebook because that never hurt anybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.